sit back down let's bow our heads for prayer dear heavenly father we do thank you dear lord so much for this beautiful day that you have given to us god we thank you that you have been in this place before we even thought about coming god this is your house and you are in this place and your presence is felt this morning god we thank you and we praise you dear lord for this day this is the day that you have made And we come to glorify you and to praise you. And God, as there are people across this whole uh, state in this United States, dear Lord, right now that are worshiping and praising you, God, we corporately come together and lift up your glorious and mighty name. We thank you and we praise you again today. This is your day and we glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I will ask you to stand as we go into our praise and worship this morning. So let us stand and let's praise God.
day the trumpet will sound for its coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Wonderful day my beloved one is bringing. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Finding he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. heartfelt song. Um, it's got a lot of words and they're very powerful words. Um, God, you're so good. So as we go through the verses, just give it all to him this morning. That's what it's all about. Amazing love that welcomes me the kindness of mercy that bought with blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God you're so good God you're so good God you're so good you're so good to the cross age to age and hour by hour the dead are raised sinners saved the work of your power God you're so so good God you're so good you're so good to me sing it again God you're so good God you're so good God I am healed, I am whole, I am saved in Jesus' name. Highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole, I am saved in Jesus' name. 
Highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. And should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me both now and forever God you're so good God you're so good God you're so good you're so good to me sing it again God, you're so each and every one of us today. You've blessed our lives. You conquered the grave. You have forgiven us from our sins. Today we glorify you and today we call upon you because your son Jesus Christ died on that cross for us. We are called. We are whole because of your son. God, we pray to you this morning. And God, I ask your Lord that you would minister to the ones that are here specifically this morning. God, that you would touch them where they are. God, the ones that are hurting to this morning, dear Lord, I pray that you would, God, that you would touch them and that you would release the pain. 
that you would take it away from them. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us, dear Lord, as we walk through this week, God. The struggles that we have had, God, we thank you for holding our hands. God, we thank you that your peace has has prevailed in all of the things in our lives. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, if there's one that's here that needs a healing touch this morning, God, that you would touch them. God, I pray, dear Lord, that if there's one that is here, God, that needs your saving grace, God, that they would receive it, dear Lord, this morning. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, today is the day that we glorify and that we worship and that we praise you. This is your day. And God, we humbly bow before you. We are your servants. We are your children. And we call upon you today. We praise, we pray this in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we all say, Amen. great to be with you this morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, to see everyone that is here. I do want to say, uh, you know, something. I I called this week and I was talking with one of my uh, pastor's, you know, pastor friends and they opened up about four weeks ago and began having services kind of like we were. But they have since had to back off and they have actually closed down again um, because they had three cases of COVID break out in the church since they had came back. And his warning or his suggestion to me was really plain and simple. He's like, you still need to be diligent in making sure that we maintain our social distancing. Uh, If you are not going to maintain your social distancing, please observe the other people that are. And if you would please, we still offer the hand sanitizers whenever you walk in. And there are masks at the door whenever you walk in. So please, let's take advantage of that. I would really hate to know that because we came back into church that we actually had people that re, you know that has caught it. Uh, you know, so let's do, let's be uh, you know diligent and let's be vigilant. And if those are the right words, let's be careful in this. Uh, you know, we want to come back and we want to worship in God's house, but we need to do it right, and we need to be smart about it. So, just wanted to kind of bring that to you this morning. Uh, you know, so let's begin this service this morning uh, with, uh, you know, with our heads bowed and in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I do come to you this morning. And God, as I stand before you and as I stand before the people that are here, you know, God, I am your humble servant. And I bow myself before you. God, I pray that, I would, that you would hide me behind your cross 
And God, that the words that are spoken this morning are only your words. And God, that the words that are spoken this morning will be words that are words of love, mercy. But God, that these are also words that transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And as you, as we look at this, I would ask that you would go to uh, you know, Psalms, and we're going to look at the second chapter of Psalms, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 and 8. So the second chapter of Psalms, verses 7 and 8. So go ahead and turn there, and we'll get to this particular passage of Scripture uh, you know, in a minute, but I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 28 in verse 18. We know this as the Great Commission, but in the beginning of the Great Commission, there's information that we see here that is key to who we are, and it should be key to what we do. And the scripture says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. The I is Jesus. So Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So there's absolutely nothing that happens that Jesus Christ does not allow to happen. So in our lives, we have to get this, we have to have this understanding that there's absolutely nothing that comes upon me that God does not allow to happen to me. The blessings that I receive, I receive from Jesus Christ. I receive from God Almighty. The trials and the struggles and stuff that I go through, those are things that he deems worthy that I need to go through. So whenever we look at this, he gives us this understanding and he gives us this picture. If you go into Psalms chapter 2 and you look at verses 1, 2, and 3, you get this interesting picture that all of the kingdoms are conspiring against God's people and they are conspiring against them to destroy them. Now, whenever we look at this, we have to also kind of let, if you can grab a map, I'll try to help you with this a little bit. Okay, because whenever we look at the map, you have Jerusalem or you have the promised land is going to be right here next to the sea. And then up above there, you'll have Assyria. And then over to the side over here, you'll have Babylon. And then down over here to the south and the east of them, I believe it is, you'll find that Egypt is there. So the Israelites are in the midst, are in between these powerhouse. You know, because we know that the Assyrian army actually came in and conquered Israel, right? At one point in time, the Israelites were in bondage and they were captured by Babylon. And we also know that the Israelites were enslaved for 400 years to the Egyptians. They were in the midst and they were always surrounded by evil and by the people trying to destroy them. And not only were they trying to destroy them, but they were trying to destroy their God. Now, today, we have a society that is trying to destroy 
Christianity. Satan is battling us at all sides. We are exactly like the Israelites. We are in the middle of a power struggle. Now you're like, wait a minute, in the middle of of a power struggle, where's the sinner that we would be in as far as Christians? Well, you have the world and you have Satan that we know that has power over the world. Satan is in power in this world today. But we also have to understand that we are in the middle because God has already won the victory, but we're not there yet. We're in this already, but not yet, but not yet portion of our lives. Therefore, we are struggling and we struggle with this life that Jesus Christ has given to us through his saving us and dying on the cross. I thought that song was really great that Chris and them sung this morning. Uh, You know, the grave couldn't hold him back. Because of the grave, we have, or because of the cross, we have life. Because of Jesus Christ, we truly have life. Life. But we're in the middle of this battle. So whenever we go down and we look at that at the passage of scripture, uh, you know that we are focusing on today, which is Psalms chapter two, verses seven and eight, and I'll read it to you from the NLT version this morning. It says, the king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possessions. So whenever we see this, I want you to understand that this is not David. David is not receiving the nations as his possessions or as his inheritance and his possessions. The Lord, and what he is talking about here, is Jesus Christ. We look into verse 6, and verse 6 says that his king has been placed over Jerusalem over the, or over the mountain of holy, which would be Jerusalem. The first thing that we see is is that this is not about David, but this is about Jesus Christ. And then we go to Matthew chapter 28 that I read for you at the beginning, and Jesus has authority over all things. So what does this give us today? This tells us that whenever God said that all you have to do, son, is to ask and I will give you the kingdoms as your inheritance and as your possessions. I thank God that Jesus Christ asked. But more importantly, I thank God that God actually came through and and that God upheld his promise and that he gave Jesus Christ all authority over heaven and earth. Jesus asked for you and I. I want you to see this because back before time even began, 
we get this understanding that the Trinity was already there. Before the heavens and the earth was ever created, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit existed. They had a conversation about you. They had a conversation about me. That conversation that they had was about their love that they had for each one of us. Scripture tells us that God had planned every single day and every single second of our lives before creation ever began. He had that conversation with his son and the Holy Spirit. And the conversation was about blessing us and about protecting us and about providing for us. But we stand here or we sit here today and there are times that we question the protection. There are times that we question the blessings that God is supposed to be given to us or that God gives to us. We question those blessings and we question whether or not he is protecting us because we have misconceptions about what the blessings are and what he is supposed to protect us with or how he is supposed to protect us. I want you to know the blessings that we receive from Jesus Christ is only one blessing. And that blessing is salvation. He tells us that if we believe in him as our Lord and Savior, that we will be saved and that our blessings will be with that. We will live with him for eternity in heaven. What it is and what happens is, is we then go to that passage of Scripture that says that we are supposed to have an abundant life. That if we believe in Jesus Christ and we follow Jesus Christ, that we will have an abundant life. Who determines what abundance is? In your life, think about it right now. Who determines what is abundant in your life? It's the world. The world is what tells you whether or not you have an abundant life or not. It used to be back in the Depression time, the more potatoes you had, the more abundance that you had, and the more blessings that you received from God. We can go further back than that and we can look into the biblical days and the the Bible actually tells us that our children are marks of our blessings or the blessings of God upon our lives. You remember Hannah? Hannah didn't feel blessed or wasn't blessed because she didn't have any children. There's a passage of scripture in the Old Testament that says that your children are like quiver or like bows in your quiver. They are the ones that are there to protect you and to help you to live out throughout your life. They are blessings. There's a passage of scripture that says they are crowns in your or they're they're jewels in your crown. 
I am, my children do, they are blessings, but I only have three. That's all I wanted. Uh, you know, we had the third one, and Peggy and I's conversation was really short. We don't want any more. We need to get that rectified. Uh, that was it. But there are people that want to have more. Like, you know, my son, he wants to have six kids. He's also looking to move out on a 10-acre place of land and stuff so they can have a farm. I'm like, I have no clue where he got that from. But whenever we look at abundance and we look at blessings, we all too often look at the world and we use the world's value system on whether or not we're blessed or not. There's a passage of scripture that talks about God will, you know, that it will rain on the just and the unjust, and the sun will shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. Good people will be blessed by money and by finances and by things on this earth, and bad people will be blessed by it. Good people will struggle, bad people will struggle. God determines on who gets that, but he does not promise that to us. He promises us salvation. But there's something about this promise of salvation that we forget. The promise of salvation is tied to this thing that we have to look at. It is tied to him being our refuge. And for him to be our refuge, we have to do what? We have to obey his commands and decrees. We have to obey what God has for us. You're like, wait a minute, pastor. The scripture tells me all I have to do is to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm saved. That's true. But if Jesus Christ is truly your Lord and Savior, and you love him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, everything that you do will be to follow him. You will obey his commands. And you don't obey his commands because you have to. You obey his commands because you want to. There's a young lady that does a Sunday school class for us on Zoom. And then it's put out on Facebook on, on Saturdays. And she talked about uh, you know, the prodigal son. And whenever we think about the prodigal son and we think back to our lives... Whenever we're young, we want to do everything that we can to get out of our parents' house, right? And whenever we get older, we want to do everything we can to get back into our parents' house. Why is that? It's because whenever we're in our parents' house, we have to obey by their rules. And we want our freedom. So whenever we get out of our parents' house, we have freedom. And whenever we have that freedom, we then understand that in their house and in the, under those rules, there was freedom and there was luxury. After all, just about every morning, whenever I got up for, to go to school, 
there was breakfast on the table. Whenever I left and I went off to college, I got up in the morning, there wasn't breakfast before I went to school. Whenever I was in the house, I didn't have to worry about bills. Whenever I got out of the house, I'm tied down with bills. I want to get back into the house. I want mom and dad to pay the bills. That's the freedom. But we don't understand that it is freedom that we have within that. And that is why the world doesn't understand that whenever we become, whenever they become Christians, they look like, oh, I'm going to have to be tied down to all these rules and regulations that God has for all the Christians. We are freer underneath Jesus Christ than we have ever been in this world. We have been tied down by the sins of this world. We do not understand the shackles that this world puts upon our lives. But the love of Jesus Christ has given us freedom. Given us freedom to love him. Given us freedom to follow his commands. Just because we follow his commands doesn't mean he's going to bless us any more than if we weren't following his commands. The blessing that we receive from Jesus Christ and from that knowledge and from that relationship is that we get eternal life. We get life. That's the abundance. Because before then, we were dead. You know, I I think of this. Psalms chapter 2 paints this picture for us about the struggles that we have in this world. I asked the question on Facebook again this week, or another question, and I want to thank everyone for responding to those. The question was, if you have, there, there's, I wanted you to give me the top three or four blessings that God has given to you. I want you to know that 90% of the people that posted there, the first thing that they said that was that their blessing was is basically salvation. It was God's love for them. That's what the message is about today. Because of God's love for us, we are blessed. We are blessed beyond all measurement. We are so blessed that it should be overflowing and it should be running out. But whenever you look and someone comes to you and says, do you know that God loves you? I bet you there's times that you would have to pause with that answer. Because there's a struggle in your life. Deep down inside, you want to say, yes, I know that God loves me. But according to this world, if God loves you, then you would have everything that you ever needed or ever wanted. If I'm struggling, that means that God doesn't love me. 
There's a lot of parents that parent in that manner in that manner. As long as you're doing good, I love you. They might not say it, but their actions dictate it. Can I let you know and can I say this again for you this morning? God loves you the same today as he did before you received his son, Jesus Christ, as his Lord and Savior. His love for you will never, ever change. Regardless of the sin in your life, he loves you the same. The blessings that we perceive that we have on this earth is not indicative of God's love for us. The life that we have in heaven for eternity is indicative of his love for us. He gave his only son so that we would be able to have a right relationship with him, so that we would be able to live with Jesus Christ, live with God in heaven for eternity. I don't know what that eternity and what that heaven is going to look like to you. To me, it's still a beautiful, pristine golf course. For you, it might be whatever you want it to be, but I know that it's going to be beautiful. I know that all my questions and all my answers are going to be taken care of. I know that there will be no more pain. I know that there's going to be no more tears. I know that I'm going to be able to see a gate that's made out of pure that's made out of a pearl. Walk on streets of gold. I know that whenever the thought pops into my head as far as how long will it take me to get to the other side of this universe, I'll already be there. See, heaven goes beyond what we can truly think. But heaven is beautiful and heaven is peaceful because it has our Lord and Savior, the one that has called us, the one that draws us, the one that provides for us. He's going to be right there with us. You know, Satan is is the deceiver. And Satan is doing everything he can to take our eyes off of the fact of what God has done for us and what he's going to do for us and that he is blessing us. We need to be able to truly answer that question. Does God love you? And we should always be able to answer that question with that emphatic, absolutely, positively. There is no doubt in our minds that he loves us. His blessings pour out upon us. But I want to make this one statement, almost last statement Because we have to go back and we have to understand that this requires obedience. 
without obedience, there is, not, there is no salvation. Without obedience, there is no blessing from God. We obey God. He wants us to obey Him and to love Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That's the only way that he can be our refuge. So this morning, let's not be deceived. We are in a battle, but the victory's already been won. The blessings that we receive is salvation. It's not money, it's not potatoes, and it's not a whole bunch of children. Our blessings is salvation. But because of that salvation, we have to go back to Matthew chapter 28 and look at verse 19. Because in verse 19, it goes in and it talks about the fact that because Jesus Christ has all authority, he is sending us out to make Christ-like disciples. We're supposed to go to the ends of the earth, baptizing and making disciples. Because of the blessings that he has blessed us with, we then go and bless other people with salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for today. God, I thank you for the message and for the words that you have given to us. God, I pray, dear Lord, that as we have heard these words, God, that we would let them, allow them to transform our lives. And God, that we would not be deceived by the wickedness and the schemes of this world, of Satan. In Jesus' name, amen.